0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Crazy things you could buy at Walmart, at Costco.
1: Really? You could buy a custom painted portrait of your pet. Pretty crazy, right? You can buy a $1,500 ribeye. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say 1,500 pounds of ribeye? No, no. A $1,500 ribeye. The high-end product arrives courtesy of the Far East. Japan delivers Costco premium ribeye with a hefty price tag. 11 pounds of pure greatness. If you take your barbecue in that kind of serious, an A5... Wagyu ribeye comes at a steep cost of about $1,500. But there's so much fake Wagyu out there, you got to be careful. Very, very careful. You can buy a custom wine cellar if you so want one. $5,000. A frozen dollhouse. They don't sell these at Toys R Us. Very specialized. Little girl shopping. Kid Craft Disney Frozen Snowflake Mansion Dollhouse. Only
0: $160. Say what?
1: If you and your lover get along very well, you can buy a two-gallon bottle of massage oil. Me, I tend to go for the one-half of one ounce of massage oil bottles, because no one really loves me. You can, uh, Weston Roma Wine Press, you can buy a wine press to crush grapes. All true. Best part of prices, right? When Roddy Rod, or whoever it is would say, "Not come on down." But brand new car. You can get a new car at Costco. 10 to 15 percent off a vehicle. could save you 4000 dollars. I'm pretty sure you can buy Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay, that's not true. You can get vacations, save tons of money, typically on one thing. You're going to notice it's not the flight. You're going to notice it's not something else. You're going to notice it's not something else. And all of a sudden, you're going to notice, oh, that's what it is. Maybe it's the car that you get for free. In over five or seven days, it's $800, you know? An outdoor sauna. Really expensive jewelry. They have an, a ring at Costco. That's $33,000. Um, now, why would they get in the diamond business? Um, 50% discount to their users. And diamonds are like, oh I'm not going to say they're the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They're the dumbest purchase we ever make, but they're pretty much so the dumbest purchase we ever make. Other than liver... I know you're saying you're comparing diamonds to liver. Who eats liver? It's literally the. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. It's the filter of disease and and disgusting in your body. No. Hmm. So a year supply of food. Yes, you can get a year supply of food. And who needs a year supply of food when we got Blue Apron? Well. If there's a nuclear strike and you can't get to the grocery store for a year and you've got a bomb shelter, well, you now have a personal food storage of about $4,000 Now, it's not going to be the Gordon Ramsay uh, experience, but it's going to be 2,000 calories a day. Without the yelling of the guy screaming at you. You can buy vending machines. Who needs a vending machine? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you're tired of the kids, your kids' friends coming over to your house and going, "I need a snack," and uh, you know you only got two bags of Doritos left, and you want to save them for your kids' lunch. And the kids like, you're like, oh, "We don't have any snacks," and he goes, but "I need a snack." Yeah. And at one point in time, you're, you're, you you want to save the little boy. You're like, "One day, Pinocchio, you're going to grow up to be a big boy, not made out of wood." Get a snack. No way, fool. <laughs> I know, right? So the thing that gets me the most, and this is something that I almost want to get a... If I'm booking one vacation a year, get a Costco membership. Get a casket. That's right. You can buy a casket from uh, Costco. Now, me personally, I like to try before I buy. So I'll go in the Costco food court. Load up on some fatty sausages. Go lay down in the casket. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I fall asleep. My back pain medicine kicks in. And I fall asleep overnight. <laughs> and I wake up in the middle of the night in Costco. In a casket. But. When you can get. You can go to a funeral director and spend $2,000, 2500 5000 For. You know, a casket that basically has chrome. Or you can spend $89 to $150 at Costco. Hardwood boxes and colorful urn set are nice touches and options for prospective buyers looking to lock down their final statement in the world. One of the interesting things about Costco is it does incredibly well, incredibly well, with uh, gasoline and... They sell their gasoline way cheaper than you can get it anywhere else. And it's a reason to go to Costco. So if you're driving by Costco every Friday, get a Costco membership. Stop on Fridays and fill her up and it'll pay for itself. Although I just saw a company that came out, and I'm embarrassed to say this. I go to a gym every day because, you know, if I'm not going to be in great shape, at least I want to walk Do something for 10, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. I want to do some sort of activity, right? And uh, while I was there, in the Bay Area, when you join a gym, you either could do the disgusting 24 hours, which I've seen more disgusting things um, in showers, on the shower floors, than I care to admit at, um, my gym or at 24 hours so I'm like I'm not doing that I'll pay for a country club if I have to but at this country club slash gym that I go to the Bay Club um, there's a company out there now called Booster who has a one hour delivery and what is Booster delivering high quality gas free delivery no membership fees wow so there's now a company that'll bring gasoline to your vehicle while you're working out do I think Amazon, do I think that company really thinks they need to be in business? Hell no. Do I think it's two friends who got together and said, we could probably sell to Amazon in a couple of years as a way of fending off Costco? I think so. Do we really need gasoline delivered to our cars? It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's 30 yards off the highway. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220
1: KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or Biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money. I'm not always going to get it right, but darn it, I'm not going to try to get it right on this show. I'm trying to get you to retirement. Um, any way I can. And there's lessons to be learned. You know, when you see oil pushing up to intra-year highs, it's going to be a problem down the road. Now, again, $60 we could deal with, $70 barrel we could deal with, but somewhere around 80 to 120 it really starts to slow economies. And we have a president who's having problems with North Korea. You have a president who's having problems with Iran. It creates political instability. And that can that unstableness or instable can create you know pushes of of grandeur on oil prices, which could create inflation for you and me and the world. General Electric has lost half its value. Now General Electric, I once nicknamed the general. I know you're saying that's cute. They had so many businesses from turbines to television. All across the United States, light bulbs. You can kind of count on them to like reflect our economy. And, you know, in radio, you come up with dumb phrases as our economy goes, so goes the stock market. And one stock that was the economy was GE. And yet they've fallen apart. You know how? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Same thing, right? Now, GE once was the economy, right? Are you still with me? You're tracking? What happened? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Now, I look at companies as human beings because the IRS looks at companies as human beings. They're taxed like a human being. Now, for me, I look at GE and I go, wow, what happened? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet but it's a company, but does that not teach me what can go wrong with me? I'll give you the extreme example, but I can also give you me. I just bought a second home, right? Get away uh, somewhere for some downtime. Um, Years and years of saving, years and years of being thrifty, years and years of investing. So, that extra home puts in an extra payment, which puts in extra utility cost, extra everything. You know, am I going to cut cable at one place? I'm going to share cable. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. I've you know, blah blah blah. I'm working through it. But I have a friend who uh, had the unfortunate situation of having a sister who's disabled, but her handicap is typically, probably, perception more laziness and socially just unacceptable like she's very 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 goth and try to think that you're going to get into uh, be a receptionist at a dental office you're probably going to run into you know some some people judging you by your the clothes you wear and such so she's got a sister who's a little bit she's on permanent disability and she's done that with you know a lot of social awkwardness but also um some disability in there so she's super successful, her sister not, her mom, big woman, her dad, mechanic at United. So for years and years and years and years, he's a mechanic at United and he owns a home in Fremont. And finally he goes, you know what, I this has done great. I've been a mechanic for 20 plus years and you know I, I, my home has gone from 200000 up to $800,000. i am going to take some money out and buy another home. So he does that, puts a renter in, awesome, right? Someone's paying the mortgage. Does it again. But this time, the terms aren't quite as well. And the person he puts in, it's not quite covering the mortgage, but if the house goes up in appreciation, he'll be fine. Does it again. And then the economy turns south in 2006. The real estate market just gets just devastated. And the economy gets devastated. 10% unemployment renters were losing their jobs. So he lost one home, two homes, three homes, all four homes, including his original home. Why? Because he had too much debt, too much leverage. Leverage balance sheet, right? So at one point in time, he was fine with his job and his house, and he did well. He he took money out once, and he did well. He could have left it there, but he continued to push it. And what was his downfall? Much like General Electric, the general, who was the economy— too much debt, too much leverage balance sheet. When times are good, they're very, very good. When times are bad, they're very, very, very bad. And the leverage will wipe you out. Whereas it'll, it'll make you rich on the upside, but it's only rich until you pay taxes. And then what do you have left over? And what do you do? A friend of mine, uh, he's going through a pretty ugly divorce right now. And he's like, hey, can you watch my kids? I think he wants to get some sexy time. I think his ex-wife wants to get some sexy time. So it's like, have someone else watch your kids. So, you know, crazy, right? But he was talking about the divorce and how expensive it is. And the reality is he's kind of stuck right now in life because he loves the Bay Area. But once you leave the Bay Area, you probably don't get back in the Bay Area. It's the first rule of Fight Club. so g e had a lot of debt. remember we talked about too much debt too much balance a leverage balance sheet, but they also had great cash flow. so the cash flow was able to service their debt, and when the cash flow started to dry up, that's when their debt became a problem. Now, cash flow with a renter is he pays your rent, he pays his rent to you and you pay your his cash to the bank for the mortgage. So what started going bad with g e their cash list started to dry up. Also, their culture started to change. Remember the culture of the mechanic at United? Oh, and by the way, after he lost all four houses, he also, his wife had a stroke, and then he, he got into a carpet company because he was trying to make up extra money, and he died. So his, he's left his family with nothing but a wife who's had two big strokes and is immobile. One daughter who can't work and another daughter who's successful and now feels the pressure of taking care of those two people while she's trying to have a family of her own. So anyway, the culture changed in his life. He went from being a mechanic with a house and a family to being a real estate developer, a real estate investor. And he didn't see it coming. And he had, like GE, he had a weak board of directors GE's board, they could have like seen some of these problems and said, let's fix them, let's jettison this business, let's get out of this business, let's, let's raise cash for this, let's sell this one. While times were healthy, the board failed. But also in the, the mechanics situation, his friends and family failed. The, his board of directors, people who know him should have said, you know what, you've done pretty good with one. Maybe give it some time. Pay down some debt, make sure you're in the clear in a worst-case scenario. And it got really complex at GE. They weren't able to spread their risk effectively. And sometimes you too and me, and we all can't spread our risk. So we keep doing the same thing. Tech stocks or real estate or, you know, 8% oil wells. No diversification and you go down. At some point in time, you don't get back up. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think everyone kind of knows that I like technology. like talking about it. I love exploring it. I like seeing where it goes. I like investing in it. So every year we look at technology, we look back and we go, hey, we're not the Jets yet. Or hey, we're not in driverless cars yet. The data of technology is pretty fascinating. The data is under fire these days. This has been, the last 12 months has been very interesting. Uh, maybe the last 24 months have been very interesting in the sense of some of the dynamics that have started to pop up because of the global innovation and competition. Driving usage and monetization a lot of usability improvements are based on data. Scrutiny is intense right now. Users, scrutiny on businesses, on regulators, technology-driven trends changing so rapidly that it's pretty fair to say that by the time we understand one, we've, it's moved on to another one. So e-commerce is huge. You hear that a lot. Personalization. New opportunities, China, marketing, advertising, cutting out the middleman. Those are all things you continue to hear. Not a lot of growth in internet users on a year-over-year basis. So we're probably looking at right now at the end of 2017, we probably were roughly at about three and a half billion internet users worldwide worldwide. That's greater than 50% of the population. We're pretty darn close to it. Again, keeping count of all those teeny tiny little children around the world is tough. Growth is going to be harder to find now that market penetration has hit 50%. Like, Do you know how important investing in TVs and radio and television was back in the day? Cell phones and phone lines where we would go, Oh, that person over there's got a phone. What's that all about? Let's go to the... Uh, the old general store, make a phone call. And then once everyone has it, it becomes what would we refer to as commoditized. Digital media usage has grown about 4% year over year. 5.9 hours per day digital media usage. Most of that's on mobile. Some of it's on desktop. And a very fraction is on other connected devices. How much is too much time spent on the internet? Three point three hours a day on your mobile phone, two point one on your desktop or laptop. How much is too much? Do we care yet, or are we starting to think about it? Because again, Wall Street is just crunching the numbers, and that's why companies like Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, who are are dominant innovators in, in internet and network delivery, they get the rewards. Innovation plus competition equals, you know, usefulness. But it's also going to create a little more scrutiny coming down the road. You know, how can we keep things simple? How are payments handled? Messaging, video, voice, personalization, access. What are going to be our devices in the coming years? We know that tech devices and phones in particular are victim to Moore's Law and you know to the tech fun. Smaller, cheaper, faster. Every single year. Now the average selling price is something people pay attention to because it's important. And that's why you're seeing analysts freak out over Apple and the iPhone ten and, you know, is it selling for six hundred and sixty bucks, six hundred and sixty five dollars, six hundred and sixty two dollars? Because the average smartphone, now again this is the average smartphone in 2007, it was about $400. Now, it's about 325 And it's fair to say in the last 10 years, it's been trending lower until Apple comes out with a new phone and pushes prices higher. Then it trends lower. And every two to three years, Apple raises their prices. And it, it, it tries to help, but it's, not, it's barely holding on. I would say it's fair to say that 2018 is the first year where we could probably say uh, mobile phone usage. We're starting to question, do we need a new mobile phone? Instead of, I want, I want, I need. Simplicity is becoming pervasive. How easy is it used to Spotify? And then when Apple Music comes out, we go, it's so difficult. And then once we get the hang of it, it's okay. Commerce is super easy, whether it's investing or saving. You can use apps like Robinhood or Acorns. Square Cash. Messaging is is, is solid these days easier to use becomes pervasive payments work on a lot of levels on the in the world of the internet it's not just you know uh, hold the phone up to your face click click wearables account for about 2% of the transaction by payment channel through the internet if you look at your everyday transactions how many of them are tied towards the internet now. Whether it's QR codes, mobile messaging apps, peer-to-peer transfer, buy buttons, it's all increasing, right? Is that fair to say? So the friction of buying is declining, and that's a bit of a problem. I've got some stuff from Amazon that I wasn't able to return that maybe it was a buzz buy, maybe it was a a, a late-night exhaustion buy. So it's, it's getting commerce done that doesn't need to be done, which is both positive and negative, right? Local now equals offline connections where we want local, but somehow we want Amazon or Best Buy or we want someone to deliver it to us other than, you know, we don't want to get up and go to the store. But we don't necessarily want it to be Amazon, but we definitely, definitely don't want to go up and go. If you take a look at the messaging world, whether it's QQ, WhatsApp, WeChat, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, Twitter, I don't think I quit Facebook Messenger. I just don't have it on my phone, and I don't want it on my phone. Um, I use WhatsApp for some soccer, um, keeping parents in line, so to speak, You know, grouping them. I don't want them on my phone phone, with my instant message, but WhatsApp is great. Um, don't use WeChat. Don't use Instagram. Don't use Twitter. Well, yeah, I have a Twitter, but I don't really, you know, active. I just post some of my media there for you. So, but one of the big things driving, you know, internet consumption right now is video games. New content types are emerging and people are paying attention. If you take a look at the total the total streaming hours at Twitch... Back in 2012, it was about 3 million. Now it's up about 17 million. Now, again, that's in five years. And it tells you that there's a lot of trend going there. And you make money, you score goals in hockey by going to where the puck's going to, not where it is now. And you make money on Wall Street by going where the trend is going, not where it is right now. Voice technology lift off. Three, two, one, blast off, right? Machine learning word accuracy is pretty good right now. It's it's as close to human accuracy. About ninety-five percent consistent. Not a big fan of Amazon Alexa, I'll be quite honest with you. I just find it to be gimmicky. I know in four or five years, that's going to come back to haunt me. Someone's going to have that audio. The skills that have been introduced in two years, there's over 30,000 skills taught. Like you can say to Alexa, play Rob Black and Your Money on KDOW. And boom, it's on because it somehow is tied into the internet and somehow knows how to do that with iHeartRadio, which somehow knows how to pull it off. I don't know. The installed base of Alexa as a user interface, a voice user interface, not a graphical user interface. Uh, It's over $30 now, so we know that, and it's growing, and it's growing like the Empire State Building. So that's out there. There's a big word for personalization, and the easiest way of talking about it was probably Netflix, where you have four family accounts, one for Daddy, who likes to watch monster movies, One for mommy, who likes to watch fat children not jump over the pommel horse and get stuck and dad cries because he's so torn up that his daughter can't do it. Then there's TV shows for Junior, who likes zombies. And there's TV shows like, you know how personalization works. And Netflix gets better and better about it. It, It's kind of spooky. Now, again... Netflix can't predict your mood. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for raunchy comedy. You know, give me a little porky's here or there. Sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, a horror f- uh, fest or a documentary on, on, on the greatest baseball player ever Rob Black. <gasps> but the personalization, whether it's, you know, getting a Pinterest account and dedicating it to the Warriors or a newsfeed account on Twitter so that like, you could personalize it so you could cheat and do a radio show on the fly if you need to from your second home in the mountains of nowhere you can find me online at Rob Black Show Twitter Rob Black Show YouTube or Rob Black Show Don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app So on the way to radio today Radio and television. I typically give myself about fifty minutes to go twenty-five miles. Drove past. Well, I didn't drive past. It took a long time. There was a pile up on one hundred and one. Uh, and long story short, what I got to see uh, was the corner arriving. That's life, people. You know, this morning you could kiss your sweetie goodbye, and tonight that person can be gone. I want to prepare you for that. And the best I know how is to help you financially. I can't help you socially. I'm uh, awkward as heck. So financially speaking, I could say things like, hey, let's take a look at Constellation brands. They sell alcohol. And they just made a major investment to sell weed. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Sins. Invest in Sins, the maker of Corona and Modelo Beer. Raised its stake in Canadian cannabis producer to 38% from 9.9%.
0: Say what? Uh,
1: Constellation Brands is going to, they're going to be very optimistic about cannabis-infused beverages and sleep aids. Constellation is not planning to sell a drinkable cannabis product in the U.S. before legalization happens across the nation. But it may begin doing so in Canada this year. So you can invest in Canopy Growth Corporation, ticker symbol CGC. If you're sitting around going, what's a good idea? As more and more states sign on to legalize marijuana, recreational marijuana, um, there's an angle there. Guest that I had on yesterday is in the news today. Um, Jack Ablin. He's coming to do the money show soon. Um, you can find out more information at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. But he's talking about the Dow Jones Industrial Average falling pretty aggressively out of bed this morning. And you're seeing tech stocks down. And you're seeing bank shares fall. So it's pretty big brush. I like to paint my own homes. And uh, there's a three-foot roller. Rollers typically don't come in three-foot rollers. This was a mythical roller. It could basically paint a room in minutes. I know you're saying, that's a pretty big brush. <laughs> that's right. That's the point. Um, but commodities are down. Currencies are down. Emerging markets are down. I can't sit here and tell you this is going to go away. So there's a question on Turkish. Their lira fell to a record low earlier this week as global investors fear Turkey's economic troubles. Could spell trouble for the other economies around the world that there's a contagion effect going on or potential. Yep. So this all comes after a Turkish delegation left Washington without apparent progress on the detention of U.S. pastor Andrew Brunson sparking fears of U.S. sanctions. Last week, Donald Trump said he was in support of doubling metal tariffs on Turkey. Ankara's government announced new levies on American cars, cigarettes, and alcohol. Yay! Retail sales came out today, and they rose more than expected last month. So the retailer's doing okay. The consumer. Right? You're with me, against me. One in eight divorces right now is caused by student loan debt.
0: You've got to, 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 to be student... kidding me.
1: I know, right? One in eight. When it comes to student loan debt, the terms for richer or for poor doesn't quite cut it. Finances are a leading cause of stress in relationships. More than one-third of borrowers had college loans and other money. Woes contributed to their divorce. More than a third of borrowers had college loans and other money. Woes contributed to their divorce. 13% of divorces blame student loans specifically for ending their relationship. Um, we talked a lot about we talk a lot about this. The average student loan has average student has thirty four thousand one hundred forty four dollars of college debt. That's up sixty two percent in the last ten years. That's a lot. Millennials feel they're being held back by their credit scores, by their student loan debt. Feels unfair to commit to someone that you want to love forever and ever. And then now it's time to pay down debt. Still loans can really hold you back. I said on television yesterday, I, I, we have to start questioning as a society if continuing to pile into student debt is the right thing to do. And 90% of Americans, working Americans, still say college is, is worth it. But more and more young people are getting prenups, which typically safeguard individual assets such as retirement accounts, real estate, investments. Uh, they could also cover one partner's student loan or credit card debt. Spenders should marry spenders. Savers should marry savers. I always tend to think that people who are college-educated should marry college-educated people. People who are blue-collar should marry blue-collar. Just gives you a better chance of winning. Fewer things to fight about. Fewer things to disagree. Apple's in the news today. Back in 1987, the Macintosh. Back in 2001, the iPod and iTunes. 2007, the iPhone and the iOS ecosystem. 2018, the world's first trillion dollar company. Now we're looking at services, augmented reality glass, and once again, we're looking for an Apple car. How does Apple get from 1 trillion to 2 trillion? How does it double its stock? which is just the craziest thought in the world. Um, Augmented reality glasses by 2020. A car three to five years after that, highly respected analyst Ming-Chi Koo predicted in a securities note that was distributed to her clients. uh, She's got a strong record of being right. So services AR and Apple car. 2020, 2023, that's your $2 trillion company, if they can hit it. Google Glass wasn't quite right, was it? Apple has hundreds of employees working on augmented reality glasses right now in cars. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.